Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. I'm Brian Maiman, co-founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors. To my left, I always say this because it's on, the, the, on my script, <laughs> Brian Martin, Mountain Man Martin, Martina. Brian Mountain Man Martina um, is what you have on there. Come on, Leslie. All right. Uh, that's a typo. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I like it. We'll call him Martina or Tina or something like that and see what he says. Anyway, he probably doesn't listen to these anyway. He's in Canada, eh? So, uh, But we do have Brian Leslie. We call him Bleep over here. And then across from me, the great... Bull Elk Killer 393. That should be your hashtag 393. <laughs> 393. Hashtag 393, Brad Dana. So Put it on my vanity license plate, huh? Yeah. I'm, I, I don't even know why they're a vanity license. They're just uh, signature license plates. But anyway, I've never had one. <laughs> you should get one. It says hashtag 393. All right. So today we're going to talk about game. Did you skip over it? Uh, Ovis here? Ovis, not Ovid. Ovid. COVID. Was, COVID. <laughs> COVID. I got COVID on the brain. We had snowvid. It's already snowed here. It snowed about a foot up at the ski mountain, eight inches at our place, and what, three, four inches here? It snowed yeah. on the first day of school this year, actually, Brian. You probably oh, that's didn't right. notice no, that. We got it early. We did get it early. Super early. We got four, four or five inches on Labor Day. That's right. Snowvid. We'll call it snowvid the last two years. Snowvid. Good. The good news is, is that the expiration date on COVID is almost here. For those of you listening, right. two you more weeks. Listen, two more weeks. Two weeks from today. Two more weeks, and that shit's done, dead, gone, out of our life. All right. So anyway, I talked to the unless the, Trump wins. I talked to the twelfth guy, <laughs> and then it'll be another no. four years. No, the, four years of no. COVID. They'll they'll <laughs> move on to something else. Riot vid. Um, so. Uh, I, not to digress, because I do want to talk about it's what we're going to talk to about today. But I talked to the twelfth guy ever was in the Bone Cave the other day. The twelfth guy, twelfth guy that uh, had COVID in the state of South Dakota. Really? Yep. Went to the doctor. They said you might have it. They came in with their hazmats on, you know, making sure they were all covered. Walked in, said, "Hey," tested him, tested him, said, "You want to leave? Go to the hospital now." And they're like, they're treating him like crap. Wow. Yeah, anyway, it was kind of cool, the story. The stats as of today. You have a 99.9990 chance of surviving. All a ages. Chance. Everybody. Oh, chance. So there's a chance. <laughs> chance of surviving or chance, the chance of dying? No, a chance oh, of surviving. surviving. Oh, oh, there's a chance. 99.990 is officially the statistic as of today. Oh wow, COVID. Yeah, it's uh but yeah, and, and we're politicizing and we're our whole world upside down. Hey, you know what? Here's the thing. I got Democrat buddies, I got Republican buddies. I just want some common sense buddies. Some that don't go, um, okay, because here's what I don't get, okay? You can CNN, I'm talking to you, a fake news network, okay, or Clinton News Network. You can 
or communist news network, whatever you want to call it, um, you can riot and loot and have five to 6,000 people in the streets. And that is not going to transfer the disease of COVID. But if you go to a peaceful Trump party called a, what did they call those, those uh, Trump? Protests. Uh, rallies. Peaceful protests. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, rallies. They're just a rally. Then you're an ingrate. You're a psychopathic killer that is diseasing this wow. world. Or if you come to the motorcycle rally. <laughs> anyway. Sturgis. So, hey, if you're I'm listening Donald in. Trump and I approve this message. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're listening in today and we're offending you, we weren't talking oh, to you. Um, <laughs> oh, we love everyone. Exactly. I don't. We Democrat or Republican, I honestly say that all Equal day opportunity hunters. Exactly. I don't care. If you're Democrat or Republican, it makes me zero difference. I appreciate the fact that you want to wear a Biden sticker, you want to wear a Trump sticker. Go out and vote. Vote what you feel. But I do want to ask you the question, how come you can riot and loot and, and COVID won't get away from us? But by God, if you go to a Trump rally, it will be, you will be a murdering, mass murdering, uh, you know, don't Crazy. get me started. So anyway. Hey, you know what? We're four and a half minutes in, and we still don't know what we're talking no, about No, we do. Today. I got so, it. As your producer, Wild suggest. <laughs> Wild game care. Wild game Perfect. care. Okay, because here's why. I was thinking about it this morning. Lindley and I and our sons own a uh, meat processing business here in town. Uh, not to give a... Uh, um, a shallow plug for it, but uh, we do have the Black Hills Butcher Block in Spearfish, South Dakota. And uh, that's what I went to school for when I left the horse farm. My dad had a construction company, a little, uh, little horse farm, about 20, 30 head of horses out there. Anyway, um, and uh, uh, went and got an agriculture degree, became a butcher, ran a meat market, had a company called Island City Processing, left that. Went on to financial services, chased uh, uh, opening branch offices in the advisory business for years, and then landed here and uh, you know followed my passion for the hunting and started this. However, that hiatus, the hiatus of meat never went away because I was always hunting, right? Right. And so I thought today, I was down there, and uh, we had uh, some elk that was in there for mm, seven, eight days. Not very long, but it, it, it was turning fast. And, in the cooler. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a, in a, in a, hu a dehumidified or a humidity-regulated cooler, that, that should be fine, right? And, right. But it was just uh, full of bacteria. Uh, you know, it, it, was, it was growing. And the reality is, is I told the butchers, you know, and Noah and everybody, they, they were all tied up in arms about it and ready to flip out and go, oh, my God, what did I do wrong and blah, 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 blah. And uh, there's sometimes I get elevated, but I don't very, I very seldom get mad at employees or, or people that we work with or our associates. Um, but anyway, Did you guys hear that behind us? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, they're fine. Plug your um, ears. Listen, daggummit. <laughs> no, anyway, I went in there today, and uh, they, they, they were obviously worried about this meat. And I was like, guys, how did it come in? Well, it got, it traveled in in big coolers. And so, these 400-quart Coleman coolers are what I call rotten coffins because people pack as much meat in there as they can, and they think it's in because it's in a cooler, it's going to be safe. The fact of the matter is when you pack something in a cooler that dense and you just, even if you put ice on it, 
the middle of it is never going to get cool. That meat you're creating, you're just creating a vacuum for bacteria and rot. And so I thought, you know what, it'd be a good thing to talk today about handling meat as they're coming out. Because right now we're going into hunting season. It's, you know, the end of October. We're going to go in November and go into December. And so from a butcher's perspective, uh, what's the best thing? Well, it's been interesting because I've helped you uh, with that a little bit. Yeah, you've been down there. Butchering. uh, And uh, in Alaska, they want everything deboned. I think you have to debone all that stuff. We just debone it. We've had more trouble with the deboned meat coming in and it just comes in in uh, game bags it seems like but i think that's because they store too much together because otherwise people in alaska have great success deboning it but well uh, alaska has a uh, want waste law right yeah and so if you want it you can't waste it right and which is i i love that law i wish it would be adopted a lot of places now they're extreme on it you know yeah, if, they're if you can get a spoonful of meat off of it um they'll throw you in jail for not taking it mm-hmm. um but well, i'm using this butcher shop as as a as a you know a study right because a, your case study my case study because <laughs> first of all sometimes you hear wild game you don't hang my elk was old it was an old elk it, it probably had eight, to have been. eight year old bull it had to have been an old not, bull. Not question. And it did weigh over 1,000 pounds. We know that for sure. <laughs> right. We, which I said there was no bulls over 1,000 pounds. So I ate those words. But we hung that. It was 14 days that it was hung. I should stab you right now because the locals might think, oh, wow, I can hang my bull 14 oh, days. Well, that, Nobody's hanging their bull in our meat locker for 14 days, Brad Dana. Unless your name's Brad Dana. <laughs> Talk about a pretentious move right here on public radio or whatever this is. He's letting everybody know, yeah, because I'm Brad Dana. I got, to, I got to do a case study and hang my elk for 14 days. Well, the interesting part oh, brother. was it was really good. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I bet it that, was 14 days. Because you hear all, you, all the time you hear that if you hang a bull, it it's gonna be it doesn't help you know it's not a cow it be for different blah 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 but it seemed like it broke that meat down well here's super good here's what I can tell everybody hang time does matter okay but the right hang time and and the way it gets to the cooler before hang time matters even more so here's the story at your bull okay the bull came by us 30 yards you passed on him you didn't know for sure what he was and uh um, didn't want to make a mistake on a world-class tag okay now i'm just going to back up digress because i got to tell a little bit of the backdrop then he's glunking down below us we back out he doesn't know we're there we come back he's with all his uh cows and there's five bulls around him with 15 cows and he's standing over there in all his glory going i'm a giant you shoot him at 450 yards one bullet right through the top of the heart bottom of the lungs because i had to do a case study on that too you did and then <laughs> <laughs> he tips over. Within 30 minutes, we're over there taking pictures. Within an hour before he even is losing really any body heat, we have him eviscerated, okay, right. and in the truck, whole, whole. A, a thou- I don't even know how we got his – I do, my back's still sore. But anyway, and there was five of us and two of the biggest Harding County Ranch boys you ever did see getting him in there. But anyway, end of the day, we took him back to the butcher shop. We skinned him out that night completely – Okay, got his throat out, got his anus out, which we got that out in the field. He was taken care of from tip to tail the right way to cooler and um, in there within eight hours. So that's an anomaly, I think, for a lot of elk hunters to be able to do something like that. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, usually you can't. I mean, usually it's 
Yeah, that's very unusual. So I would say the best way for a guy who kills an elk on a pack trip that's back in there, whether it be backpack, horseback, or even um, five hours from the road, is number one, leave some bone in and get it quartered. Okay? Get its hind quarters off, its front uh, shoulders off, get its loins out. If you want to take the back straps out, then put them in separate bags. Don't wrap them together. Throw them in the bottom of a cooler and put the two uh, top quarters on top of it. The best way to do it is separate your meat. Get it separated, okay? If you got to put it in game bags, game bags work well. Get it, in separ- get it separated. Uh, pepper spray, you're going to lose a lot of animal if you put all that pepper and, and water uh, we- pepper wash on it. You gotta skin it two or three times. Gotta skin it, it, and then the pepper's in everywhere. Because Alaska, you have to take it out on the bone. That's the deal. Because we've, because I've always wanted to try to bone them. Because just, and 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 we always have to leave the bone in. Well, that's the deal. That's those two outfitters. You actually can take it off the bone in Alaska. Oh, because I wanted to take it. I wanted to bone it right there. That they don't. They they take. Oh, that's a personal thing. That's a personal thing. Oh. But if 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 the highway patrol stops in a helicopter and looks at it, and they can get whatever amount of yeah, what off it, of it whatever their find, formula is, right? So they never want to be fined. Oh. So they have the resources, and they make their packers take it all out with a bone. Because we carry gut shot or not gut shot, but blood yeah, shot meat, blood and, shot. and the whole. I was like, "Geez, guys, I'm I'm not eating that." That's right. where my bullet blew up. No, well, and that's no, no. and that, it's funny you make that point because if I'm you and I'm out in the field hunting today. Okay, and I shoot it through. Like I'll give you an example. We had an antelope in there the other day. It got shot through the hindquarters and through the front shoulders. Okay, an antelope with a 300 wind mag, probably. It was a big gun, or it looked like a big gun that hit it. The, you know, there's 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 pounds of meat on that, not tens of pounds of meat on that. Right. Be, because there's nothing left. Right. Now people come in and say, "Where's all my uh, meat?" Because an antelope fits in a shoebox when you shot it right. through the hind parts and through the front shoulders. And what people don't l- realize is you lose a third when you cut it. Or I'm sorry, you lose a third when you gut it. You lose a third when you cut it. Okay? So you're going to get about a third of whatever the gross weight was if you shoot it through both lungs. If you don't, then you're going to get less than a third right. of the gross weight of meat back. And, uh, um, and uh, that's just the case. So my, my suggestion on an elk, let's take an elk for example. I would leave some of the bone in the hindquarters if you could. If you can't leave the bone in the hindquarters because you're way back in there, you're packing it out, that's great. Get it broke down. The smaller primal cuts you can get it into so you can get it uh, spread out in coolers to cool the center of the meat mass down, the longer it's going to keep for you and the better it's going to be. Not a question. you got to get it cool and you got to get it to us cool. If the temperature has been heated prolonged, even if it gets to us, it's not going to have a very cooler life, long cooler life. If yours would have taken us a day, day and a half to get a day to get out, and it would have been the next afternoon, we, you, you we would have lost it hanging at fourteen days. So I always try to bone my meat because I don't like carrying the stupid bones out. Do you right. like that, or do you not like that? I personally prefer if 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 I'm going to take it to a butcher shop. Uh, as a butcher, I'd tell you how I prefer it. I prefer yeah. it coming in with a hide on and let right. me skin it out because I don't right. want hair in my butcher shop. Make sense? Right. Now, if um, with an elk, if you can bring me quarters because you have the resources to get a horse and get it out with quarters and I can rail it in, hind mm-hmm. quarter in on the rail, front quarter in on the rail, and the loins, we'll, we'll even hook them and let them hang a little bit in that cooler, um, that'd be the way to do it. 
If I can't do it that way, I 100% want it all boned out, but I don't want big, dense muscle masses. Um, if you got a, a big mule deer, cut that hind leg into three parts. Inside round, uh, bottom round, top round, and sirloin tip. If, if you know those cuts, great. Seam them out that way. If you don't, just get them in three pieces if you can, that, that hind leg. It's funny, over the years, before you got the butcher shop, you'd always talk about the same – Every butcher has the same problem with with this. They get the animal gets shot maybe six, seven times in some cases, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and and they lose a lot of meat. Yep. Or they don't take care of it. And then and then it gets lost in the wait time of four or five days in the cooler. And then they hate to get the call, hey, you're el- uh, sorry, I can't help you, your elk's spoiled. Hey, sorry, I can't help you, your deer's spoiled. So you, you prefer always to have the hide on if possible well, when well, they bring it in. Well, here's why. If, if they yeah. kill it and then put the hide on, okay, once it's cooled down, the hide's like, an, it's like a cooler itself. It holds the, once it's cooled down, it holds that coolness inside. And when I skin it off, I don't have to reskin the animal again. That right. meat is that way. People always ask, why do I have that dark ridge around my wild game? Well, because you skinned it out. It got oxidized. It right. sat in a cooler. If we skinned it out again, it, you would have to take a, another quarter inch off the circumference of it. Does that so make sense? So it's funny because everybody's got their own idea. Mm-hmm. And you've done thousands and thousands, thousands and thousands of them. And so I've gravitated to your ideas mm-hmm. okay the other thing deer um my buddies uh, some of them they always want to cut that gland off <laughs> i, I never gland? touch it i'm like well, whatever no, the gland does nothing right unless they're going to break their leg rub it up against the inside of the ham um, you've, you've never gland. seen that affected I, i've heard people say take right. the gland out of raw meat what you want to do more than anything is take the throat out because the throat holds heat because that that's the, the their neck and their hide on their neck is one of the densest part. Like an elk and a buffalo is a good example. If you go to an elf and a, a elk and a buffalo, they have capes, literally massive, heavy capes on their neck. That's to keep them warm. And if you don't cut that throat open, that's where a lot of spoilage happens fast on a big animal like that. Now, here's the other side of it. Never cut up past the sternum if you want a shoulder mount. You know, we see people that cut them all the way up, and they go, hey, can you cape that out for me? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sure, I'll charge you 50 bucks to cape it, but your taxidermist is going to throw the cape away because there's no way they can use it. So only go to the sternum when, you know, when you're gutting the animal. Right. That's just that's how we You know what it. I should do for our, our, what do you call them? Um, our, our hunt flicks. Our hunt flicks. You know what yeah, I we'll should do? do? We should film. We should we film yeah. the proper way. To um to establish caping for a butcher shop in the yeah. field, we'll do that. That that'd be really good because because I would like to do that and just show because those are things honestly that that I would love to help. I I know butchers that aren't hunters that don't know how to do it right away. So things that I've seen in your shop, um, the pepper thing that was that was a, it's grotesque. That was a bad deal. Yeah, get pepper gets in every body seam. And oh, so so good question. So when it's hot out, a lot of guys will take a, a pepper and water spray to create a crust on an animal. They do it in Alaska a lot, so that way the blow to, the blow flies. I call it blow doesn't get on them and lay all those eggs, and because they don't like pepper, and they do it in Mexico too, you know. Um, and flies won't like pepper, so it's it's a legitimate way, I guess, to keep it off. Me personally. Game bags tie them up as tight as crazy and take duct tape and tie your knots up. So then those flies can't get in your game bags because a good game bag, um, 
uh, I guess I don't know. Caribou makes a good game bag. Tags. Uh, Tags makes a good game yeah. bag. Um, the the you, flies can't get in them. So yeah, good question. So that yeah that and it's interesting because the elk are are throwing people off here because even when I've had early archery, it's hot. And it's not people's fault. No. They wait 20 years to get a tag in I South know. Dakota. They go, kill a, they go kill a thing. They drag it around that night showing all their buddies having beer. The next morning they call us up and go, dude, shoot, i got to get this in the locker. It's 75 degrees. Right. <laughs> no, but it just seems like uh, I've always left my meat. If I shoot it late at night, I'll quarter them. I usually stack sticks up so I can get air underneath of them. Mm-hmm. And then I throw – my biggest concern usually is birds because the, the birds get on them because I plan on going back there early in the morning, getting my stuff, and then I throw a bunch of branches on them. Yeah, air now, is uber important. That it's, seems it's funny to work you say good. Air. I would say air circulation around the meat is what creates good aging. Um, I don't know if you've ever – if any of you have ever been into one of those fancy restaurants where they have a dry aging rack and you go in there and they, it shows how long they've had the rib in there or the ribeye. You know what those – you know what those um, – proper aging refrigerating units cost you know how any idea how much they are no idea we take a guess 25 dollars. 25 bucks that's a bad guess come on it's a refrigerator <laughs> eight to twenty five thousand dollars you, you knew that no. you, you had no idea you were I've just seen, guessing I've seen you've seen them Eight thousand to twenty-five thousand. Must have the proper humidity and air exchange to let that thing. Oh yeah, they're they're crazy complex, right? And they they have a sensitivity, so then that piece of meat can age without Mm. spoiling the inside. But then it melts in your mouth. So here here's the the thing. Imagine this: you kill an elk, you go out and you let it sit overnight. Then you get it the next day, and then by the time you get in, it's three o'clock. So it's if it's sixty-five degrees when you killed it that night, you find it. It's it's fifty degrees, and then you get the guts out of it and you try to quarter it out it gets down to a low of 42 a refrigerator runs between 40 and 38 okay 40 degrees and 38 so it never got to refrigeration okay the 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 body density of an elk the mass the meat density of an elk never the the meat never releases from the inside if you don't get it off the bone that bone holds heat in that meat period okay so then what happens now is you still don't have it cool enough and then we cut into it because we get it the next day, and then you want it to hang 12 days. Can I have that hang seven days? No. Can I have that hang seven well, you days? Just, you can't. I mean, You've already got a lot of negative stuff happening yeah. inside that muscle mass. Make right. sense? Well, you guys, I, your, your place is just swamped. You, yeah. can't, you can't hang stuff. I mean, you just, you just can't. Yeah, well, and, and it's, it's, yeah, we got to get through it and get it in and out. So anyway. Um, so what's the best way? Is the, uh, do you so, like the way I do it? Do you yeah. like the way I do it when I, because I, I, I skin it. I shoot, okay, I shoot my elk, I drop it, and it's dark in 20 minutes. Yep. Um, so I skin it. Yep. I quarter it. I get my log, my, my branches on the ground. Yep. I set it out so it can air. Put your T-shirts put, everywhere so coyotes don't get on it. Yeah. Yeah, and then we. Cover it with boughs so birds don't get on it. Cover it with boughs and then come back in the morning. And then you bring it out with the hind leg in it and the front shoulder in it. Usually, yeah. if I usually yeah. I'll yeah. have my horses usually, and yeah. then I do it with. Otherwise, it could. And then you I, put it in I your panniers. Then you put it in your panniers and haul it out, right? Yeah. If if it's on my back though, it's coming boned. No, I understand. But you're saying we're, we're given the best yep. way to do it if you did that way. Yep. Okay. If you do it that way, I would say that's the best way because the meat gets cool and at least you got air circulation through it, and we can just get rid of dispense that internal meat temperature, you know, get that meat cooling down, get their body temperature out of it because meat's hot, right? Right. And uh, so that's the best way. 
If you're packing it out, um, then bone it, get it in your bag on your back, bring it out, and the minute you can start spreading it out, spread it out. So let's say you're taking three trips in and out. Right. Okay. Oh, first, let's go back. So you bring it out with a panniered. The minute you bring it out, okay, you can eat all those primal cuts spread out as much as you can. You'd be better off putting them in garbage bags and throwing ice in the garbage bags and having them all lay separate than stacking them in one cooler with a bag of ice on top. Right. Does that make sense? Yep, 100%. So, so that's that way. If you're bringing it out on your back, okay, the minute you bring it out, okay, separate that muscle in, in smaller game bags or garbage bags, and then get it in a multitude of coolers. Don't put it in one cooler with three bags of ice on it. Big coolers, bad for meat. Big coolers, bad for meat. <laughs> Unless you have a freezer you can plug in because you're coming out west, and uh, big coolers, bad for meat. Unless you can, you know, I will tell you this. Brock's, the big frigs, they have those dividers in them, mm -hmm. uh, th which are cutting boards. Right. <laughs> so you can take it out, but that's, not, that's a shameless plug for the cutting board. But that allows you to separate that meat and get ice on the bottom, put the meat in, and then ice on top. That's how I would do it. All those circumstances, you got to separate the big muscle masses. And then if uh, you bring it out whole, because you can bring it out whole, well, Get it open. Sticks in the rib cage are smart. Sticks in the hams, the hind legs, to get those open as far as you can are smart. Butthole out, completely out. <laughs> no buttholes in there. Uh, get, let air circulate through it and uh, get it to your butcher as fast as possible within 20 hours, you know? Mm -hmm. And that, that, th those are the three ways I would do it. And then, uh, yeah. And, it, you know, if you're killing a deer and can leave the hide on, do me a favor, leave the hide on. Well, you know what? They charged me 50 bucks to skin it. Okay. Okay, they did. And, and you don't want to pay the 50 bucks. Then skin it. But then when you don't get as much meat back because it's dehydrated and oxidized and they got to skin it again, then know that that's what's going to happen. So that, that's what I would do. And remember, ice in the bottom, ice on top. Circulate the meat or get air circulating around the meat. You did it right. Right. And you've seen the good, bad, and the ugly of it, and you did it right. So... Anyway. Well, it's amazing that it actually cools down. I mean, people, I think they, if they can get some air around it, it's always worked for us. When we shoot them, you know, it's warm and Labor Day weekend. Yeah, exactly. Just don't stack your meat up. Don't pile it on top of itself, throw a bag of ice on it, think it's going to be fine. The meat in the middle hates you. And you know what? The meat is the boss. That's what I tell the people at the butcher shop all the time. Remember, the meat's the boss, not us. It's going to tell us what it wants. And so treat it well. And uh, um, wild game can be, your elk is amazing right now. Unbelievable. You can make a burger and it, Unbelievable. Tastes, it tastes as good as any beef cow on planet Earth. Phenomenal. And so, yeah, I, was, I didn't know when that big old boy, because I knew he was old, you know, right. old and tough. But he had a lot of fat on him, too. He ate well. So, yep, absolutely. Well, listen, um, we appreciate you getting in here. We'll leave you alone with that one. Or I shouldn't say leave you alone. We'll leave you without all that information. We are by, by, you know what? The one thing about meat, I will tell you this, is there's lots of opinions on it. The good news for me is um, I have done it a lot more than most, and I did get a degree in it. So I hope this helps you to some degree. We don't want to be know-it-alls. We just want to help you out, get some information. Um, if you got a way that's working for you, Taste is subjective. If you like the way your meat tastes, keep doing it your way. But if you question once in a while, hopefully that helped. Brad and I, we haul out thousands of pounds of meat 
from the, uh, the wild and give it to the Artemis House here every year. We donate more meat um, and we give more to conservation than most you PETA and animal rights and gun anti-gun people do. So, in closing, <laughs> if you want to check out a cool kick-butt company, go to rollingbones.com. We'll teach you, set you up, and rock and roll with you. Appreciate you listening in today, and uh, have a safe and wonderful hunting season.